In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I say, rejoice. That's a command. It's imperative. It's just as important for those of us who are somber in temperament as it is for those who are naturally happy. St. Thomas Aquinas gives us instructions about how to be joyful. It's, it's nothing we can simply do or turn on, but it's the effect. It's the effect of remembering God's good works. It's the effect of remembering God's promises and actually hoping in him. It's the effect of having done good works, works of mercy, works of charity. And so, as we already know, the missionaries of charity have it in their constitution that they must be joyful always. It still is something that is difficult to attain. And it actually bears the command being directed in our attention. Again, regardless of temperament. Those who are more somber or sober in temperament need to have the awareness of the, sometimes the dichotomy between what's on the outside and what's on the inside. And how we are each other's keeper. And how we are partly responsible for each other's salvation. And so whether it be words of hope or words of encouragement, or just simply joy, it's not something that is over and above the ordinary calling of a Christian. For the one who's naturally glad all the time, perhaps it's even more difficult to be joyful because there are those innocent souls who have a formed spiritual life, who rejoice in God. But the person who's naturally glad by temperament is so easily in a cheerful mood just because things are going well or because they just saw something delightful or because they just heard something funny or they just did something really interesting that they want to talk about, none of which necessarily is going to lead them directly to God. So in fact, we need to learn to be joyful regardless of our temperament. We need to learn to train our thoughts towards Christ, towards the gift of salvation, and ask God to help us be joyful. If it's not so easy that God simply reminds us, oh, by the way, you ought to be joyful. But when he commands us to be joyful, you can assume that he's also going to help you. If it requires a command, that means it requires his help. We can ask God to be joyful. There's a great lesson in joy on Friday evening at the school Christmas pageant. You, you've seen the scene, whether it be on your, you know, with your own children or on YouTube if you don't have children yet. The delightful scene of, 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 of school kids singing their Christmas songs. And there's always one in each class who just, he's always waving at mom and dad or grandma and grandpa, totally forgetting what 
what they're doing up there. And then there, there are those who are just frozen, right? Maybe they're frozen because their mind is just totally somewhere else, or the thought of being in front of people horrifies them, or maybe they've been told by the choir master, you don't open your voice, right? That's possible too. And they're just there, and um, you, you, would, you would love to see the bubble over their head. What are they thinking about right now? But then if you see the bubble over someone else's head, that means you give them permission to see the bubble over your head, so that doesn't go anywhere. And then there's the little ones who are just singing with all their gusto. And there is nothing more important to them. There's nothing, there's no way for them to sing with more devotion and, and with more of their heart than what they're doing right then and there. You can see it on, the, on their face, even just how their eyes are aglow and their, and their mouth is so open when, when they're singing and when they're breathing. You can see their lungs expand and it's the whole, it's their whole world. What is it as adults that we, that we sing like that? Okay, those of us who can't sing, we might still sing when we're all alone. And maybe when we're driving, we might turn the radio up to cover our own voice, but we're still, we, they're still our favorite songs. Do we, do we, do we sing? Do we pray to God with that same gusto, with that same zeal? Do we hum to ourselves sacred songs when we're doing our work or just going from here to there? I reminded a soul in the confessional that they're not praying very much showed in what they confessed. And that they need to have a plan, pray a little bit, but then you got to pray more and you got to pray more and you got to pray more. You have to pray so much so that your mind always returns back to God. When your mind rests, where does it go? When your activity pauses, where do your thoughts go? If not to God, then we certainly are not joyful people. We may be successful people. We may be happy people. But joy comes from the works of God, remembering them or anticipating them or participating in them. Being reminded of, of his love, of his mercy, anticipating already the, the feast that we're about to celebrate of his birth. There may be things that get in the way at a given moment, but if if, if our thoughts really are turned in gratitude to God, joy will eventually bubble up to the surface. Now, some of us have God on our mind a lot, even all the time, but it's in the vein of why are you permitting this to happen? Or when am I going to get this? Or please fix that. that won't result in joy bubbling to the surface.
When you, when you think about what this command means, to rejoice always, no matter what, even though you haven't fully overcome your sins, at least your accidental venial sins yet, even though you're still surrounded by evil, even though, you know, the devil is trying to ruin your salvation, you're supposed to be joyful all the time. It's as though God is telling us, live as though you're already in heaven. Live as though you're already a saint. Now, if it were only rejoice with exclamation mark following it, we would despair. But instead, we who are here know, or we who are here can easily be reminded, our Lord has come into the world. Our Lord is coming into the world. Our Lord will come at the end of time. Christ comes in his body, blood, soul, and divinity to dwell among us so that we can live as though we are already in heaven, so that we can live as saints, even despite this imperfect condition. That should make the experience that much more mystifying and and truly awe-inspiring. We are able to be the dwelling place of God who lives in heaven even though we are imperfect, even though our feet still touch dirty ground. Amazing. A thousand years ago, as you've heard recently, white was the only liturgical color. You may read in the bulletin, 800 years ago, the only penitential color was black. Might have been even that much more imperative. Might have been three exclamation marks. Rejoice, really. Even though you're doing penance, and even though the priest is wearing black, you're supposed to rejoice. We have a few extra helps to remind us that it truly is a time to be penitential and joyful. And it is it is fully appropriate to begin to anticipate the celebration of the birth of Christ and his nativity. And tomorrow we return to Advent. But today especially, we rejoice. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.